abrupt intro ending. You know what I think I got to do <laughs> with that is it's got like the music. This is a video podcast. This is John Cast podcast. But like, I wonder if as a podcast listener, you just hear that music and you're like, okay, just what, what is this? Like, maybe I need like words to the intro. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Uh, if you are watching on Spotify, I'm on Spotify. I'm on YouTube. This is the John Cast podcast. Also, thank you to all of those who were able to vote for me for best of Madison. That voting is done through June 30th. Now we just wait. I don't know how this works. I've never done this. I, I'm assuming they just contact you. Um, or maybe they don't. I don't know. But Thank you to everyone who participated to number one, nominate this podcast and, and then get it on the ballot uh, and then follow through with that one vote in the month of June. I really do appreciate it. And like I said, if we win, maybe I'll talk to Ian's and I'll say, hey, pizza party. And it could be fun. Um, but uh, thank you to that. You can check out johncastpodcast.com as well. Uh, go there, sign up for the newsletter and you'll get really cool newsletters when cool things are happening with this podcast. Today's guest recently retired from the world of broadcast television. He's been the lead anchor on NBC 15 in Madison, Wisconsin since 2005. And he's been so fortunate to cover stories in 30 countries and on all seven continents. That's a fun fact about John Stofflet that I did not know uh, until this last <laughs> week. John Stofflet, retired TV news anchor, is what he says uh -huh. on his... Oh, he's let the beard grow out a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Oh, I'm going that? for the Letterman, the Letterman look here. Oh, it's gonna take a while. <laughs> are you? Would you really go as long as Letterman? Because no. he's got like, oh, you wouldn't. Okay. I don't think so. But I, you know, for forty-two years, I haven't been able to grow facial hair. Not because I couldn't, but I couldn't have it on the air. So, as a rebel, a free retiree rebel, now that's the first thing I did. That is so funny. So if you're watching <laughs> on Spotify or on YouTube, you get to mm -hmm. see John Stoffler for the first. I was. That's that's interesting. Like. How is it? I mean, because obviously you've probably had like vacations where you just kind of let let your facial hair yeah. grow. But that's that's kind of be what's that like to know? Like, oh, I guess I really don't need to if I don't want to. Well, you know, TV news is a lot about, you know, <laughs> the look, the the clothes, the neckties, the the, the facial hair or not mm -hmm. facial hair. And so the glasses, the sometimes um, that does that does kind of uh, dictate your life. And uh so it is kind of nice to just not have to worry about, you know, what time I'm getting up, what time I have to get to work, and I don't have to shave. Mm. Um, and after the years that I had, you know, uh, traveling around the world um, and being on schedules uh, to get stories done and get to the next country and the next place, uh, it's kind of nice to just be able to chill. I have to mm. tell you, the retirees have all told me, you'll, you'll love this club. And so far, two days in, I, I do, John. Well, that's part of my question. So since 1983, you've been in the TV uh, world. So how are you going to fill your time? Well, um, if people who watch uh, NBC 15 or they're on my Facebook page know that I'm a big kayaker, so I, I will be doing a lot of kayaking. Uh, I'll be doing volunteering um, for uh, a couple of organizations. I love Badger Childhood Cancer Network. Second Harvest Food Bank, uh, groups that I've worked with um, throughout, uh, you know, my time here at NBC 15. Um, and a lot of travel. My wife, Anna, and I love to travel. She has a family that live in Sweden. And um, so looking forward to that. Um, it's, um, I, I'm 62, which is somewhat early. Some people think to retire, but a lot of people, I, I, I think I read that that's starting to be the average age now. Oh, Yes, people are just, you know, they want that extra time to do the fun stuff. And so what, 
Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, so you, you've you been to seven continents, and now you're just going to keep going to different – are there any <laughs> new countries on the list besides um, – Yeah, I mean, I've been to I've, – I've, I've been on assignment to 30 and traveled to about 45, <laughs> and um, I'm trying to think – uh, if there's any place I haven't been that I that I really want to go, well, I guess one of them would be would be Norway. Um, I'd love to go there, but I'm going with a group uh, of travelers connected with the station to Iceland in October. But already been there once, so um, I'm I'm game to go anywhere. I also love just traveling around Wisconsin. There's so many hidden gems around here that that people just don't know about that that are great. You know, you mentioned Iceland. Uh, I've never really researched Iceland. I've never been there, but that's a place to me that sounds like I want to go there to see the Northern Lights, basically. I know I don't even yeah. have to travel that far to go to see the Northern Lights, mm -hmm. but I feel like mm -hmm. if you go to Iceland, there's a really good percentage chance that you're actually going to see them. Like that's something I've never seen before, and Iceland would be the spot, I think. Yeah, that's uh, what this particular trip is, is to go spot the uh, Northern Lights. And of course, Mother Nature is her own boss. So you're always at the whims of nature and cloud cover and atmospheric conditions. But Iceland is a great place to do that. We were lucky this summer, uh, earlier in the spring around here. I didn't see them. I was asleep at the time, but a lot of people had uh, saw great displays here. But it's, uh, it is a fantastic world. You know, and I've been, I was so fortunate um, traveling for, for either Nat Geo Channel or, or King 5, the NBC affiliate in Seattle to see it and go all these places like Antarctica, Australia, um, you know, Asia, uh, and have someone else pay for it because <laughs> on a broadcaster salary that, uh, you know, um, as you probably know, it's not easy to, to, uh, to afford all that. So the key is to get, a, you know, to get a, an assignment to go cover stuff, which is really right. fun. So since we're talking about the countries, you have to give me your top three countries okay. you visited. So top yeah. three, I saw no, no particular order. Just okay. these, these are the ones you're like, man, I, I, I remember that trip. I loved every second of it or something like that. Here's how I do it. I break it down into natural splendor, people, and then the all around experience. And I would say natural splendor, you, it's hard to find something more spectacular than Antarctica. Okay. You are st standing in the middle of 200,000 penguins they come right up to you they're not intimidated by us um the smell is overwhelming at times uh, <laughs> really and if you've ever been to like the penguin exhibit at the viola zoo you know it, i mean just a couple of penguins make a lot of smell but it <clears throat> visually it's just spectacular antarctica for um just the mountains and the the fjord like passages and the um the uh, just sea lions and, and penguins. It's, it's unreal. Uh, as far as the people, it's the Irish. I mean, okay. going to Ireland is just, they are so fun and so welcoming. They generally love Americans. And third, the all around experience, I would have to say is New Zealand. I've been there four times for work and, um, they, it's, it's spectacularly beautiful. There are mo many more sheep than people in that country, and it's it, but people who are there are nice and funny, and there's a lot of cool stuff to do. Like I jumped off a building uh, with a cable on my back in Auckland, seventy stories. That was interesting. 
<laughs> yeah, that that is interesting. So I I was I wanted to ask you about some of the crazy things you've done. Yeah. But Antarctica, Ireland, New Zealand, those are your top three. I did look up. Yeah, when you said Antarctica, I was like, that's crazy to be in a spot where there's not a lot of people have ever been. Like just yeah, foot. Like there's about four thousand people there in the summer months, and about a thousand over the winter each year. But that's yeah. kind of crazy that you get to go to that place that like a high percentage of the humans on this earth will never, never set foot on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a little daunting getting there. We were on an expedition ship was about 120 passengers or so. And, um, for those who can see video, I'm doing a way a major wave motion with my hand, but that's what it's like crossing the Southern mm -hmm. ocean to get down to the, the sub Antarctic and then the Antarctic. And there's, you go to bed at night and there are icebergs, floating outside and all you can think of is you know titanic and yeah on the deck they're watching all night and it's a it's a place that part of the excitement is you know if anything happened it's not like you can just be evacuated easily from antarctica it's um uh so it, you do feel like a true adventurer there um mm. and that was a a nat geo channel project where i went down to do 10 stories on everything from penguins to the Shackleton expedition. He was a famous explorer that got stranded down there and saved all of his crew and men somehow in those conditions. So um, it, you're, you're pretty lucky if you, uh, in this business or any business, if you uh, have the opportunity to just experience as many things as I have, it's, um, I just feel really fortunate. Yeah. Now you mentioned jumping off 70 foot, like some sort of bungee, right? You've yeah. Uh, well, in, in the NBC recap, uh, NBC 15 uh, <laughs> retrospective, they, they showed pools of jello. You've jumped in, you've bungeed, you've been in some sort of flying contraption. You've wrestled a uh -huh. bear. Yes. Um, so like how many of the, when they say, Hey, go wrestle a bear, you're like, yep. Or do you have to think about some of these things? Cause I don't know if I could be Bunging, like all I'm thinking about is that cord snapping or that bear slapping yeah. across the face. Well, it's funny, they, you know, in, in New Zealand, that there's a little bit of uh, competition with the Aussies. You know, the Kiwis and the Aussies don't get along. And uh, uh, you, as you're ready to jump, uh, there's it's a cable. It's like the stunt guys use in Hollywood. And there's a cable on your back. It's the okay. 77, 700 feet up. Oh. And cars are just tiny, like little, you know, matchbox car size way down below and there's a plank and you walk off and this cable, you free fall for a second and then it gradually slows you down. But as you're about to walk, the uh, the Kiwi that's running these three, two. Now, hold on a second. He gave John the cable for the Aussies. Give him the good one, you know? So they, they do all this stuff where they, they you know, and then they make you wonder if the cable's gonna hold. And, and so oh when you God. go and it, and it works, it's pretty exciting. Of yeah. my first take, my first take doing that, I, I got to the bottom and I was so excited. My photographer was just ashen in color and he said, I wasn't rolling. And he was serious. Oh, I had to no. go two, two more times. How does um, that happen? That's crazy. It, it, I, it was rare. He was a really good photographer too. It was rare, rare that that happened. But <laughs> the bear, which now would, you know, I it's probably a good thing. People don't, you know. Uh, uh, for for humane reasons and that uh, yeah. force a grizzly bear to wrestle people. But that was really, they had trained this bear. Not only was it, you know, eight or 900 pounds or whatever the thing was, they had trained it to do takedowns. So it grab you by the leg, drops you down. And it also, bears are territorial. So they tinkle on the wrestling mat and then Stop. roll you in it. And that is, 
That's not something you get out of your clothes easily. So don't wrestle a bear. I don't, I don't know that anybody, anybody does that anymore because it's, um, you know, it, it, it obviously that was in the 1980s and uh, there was a different standard for um, animal acts, as Absolutely. I guess I would call it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you, just to let you know, you and Mike Lucas have both wrestled bears. Oh, so, uh, I don't know uh, if you knew that. Luke, Lucas probably, it was probably Victor, the wrestling bear. He came, he came through town once a year and they'd get the media to do previews and then get people out to, you know, headliners yeah. at the time, or whatever the bar was to, uh, to pay, to watch people wrestle a bear. Wow. That's crazy. And Victor's reward was like a bottle of Coke at the end of it. He would hold it like this, you know, hold it and just drink it. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane it's probably the same bear <laughs> yeah it probably it probably was honestly yeah um uh but from bears to badgers i know you're a badger sports fan how much yes. of a wisconsin badgers fan are you uh and what's uh, do you have which which sport do you like to attend the most well john i from 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 day one i've always been a badgers a badger fan um i was born in 1961 and it really caught on in the 70s and i moved from madison I mean, my dad used to take me, we'd watch Rufus Ferguson, Rufus Roadrunner Ferguson at Camp Randall, and, um, and, and we went to a few games there. But I, when I moved to the Fox Valley, I missed Madison so much um, that I started watching the Badger hockey broadcasts on uh, Wisconsin public television on the weekends because they'd play them up there. And I just became this hardcore fan, you know. Uh, Paul Brown, Bill Howard calling those games. And uh, then they won the national championship in 77. And they had this, you know, and when I got to school, the first thing I did was buy football tickets, season football tickets, basketball tickets. That was Coach Co Caulfield at the time, Cofield, Bill Cofield, And um, Bo Ryan was an assistant. Okay. And, um, and then uh, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, um, yeah, hockey. Hockey was, it was so fun. It was at the Coliseum, it was 8,600 fans and it was just a madhouse. And um, so I, and in 1983, my senior year, I went out to Grand Forks for the national championship, which Wisconsin won. Okay. Uh, and, and there's something about winning a national championship in a hockey town like Grand Forks um, and the uh, fighting Sioux at the time, as they were known, uh, were not in the final that year and but they were um, a lot of them were there so I, I've been and I've had season of football tickets for a long time um, I just uh, I love following the volleyball team I, I only watch when they're on air or listen to you um, I have not I don't think I've been in person yet it never worked with my schedule so now that I'm retired I'm looking forward to that Oh, well, uh, well, I'll get you some tickets. We'll go to uh, so you. So when is the last volleyball match? You've never been to a volleyball match, like ever. I don't. I don't think. I don't think I have. I did when, when the Olympics. I can't remember what year it was. Uh, Pete Waite was uh, coaching at the time, and we went down and did some feature stories. But um, no, and I, I, my friends tried to get me to go, and I working nights. It was always difficult during the week, sure. and so. Um, I really look forward to that because that is just a dynamite program. And then women's hockey. I mean, what mm. year was it we won both? Was it six oh six or oh seven? Uh, someone out there knows. I think it it's oh six, uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the men and women both won, and and um, so it was great. And um, and of course, one last sports memory uh, as when I was a freshman, 
uh, I was in Og Hall, the old Og Hall, and with a little black and white TV and watching Mark Johnson and Bobby Souter and, uh, you know, win the miracle game. And uh, I still remember the windows being open and you could hear people just yelling around, you know, from the dorm rooms um, when, when Mark scored. And then, you know, he scored twice. He never really gets as much credit as he should because sure. he's such a humble, quiet guy. That's uh, amazing. That so game. that was obvious. That was a replay, if I'm correct in understanding. Like the, the championship game was a replay or was it live? I think it was live because it was in Lake Placid. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes. And I just remember, uh, you know, the, the thrill then after that, John, they had this big rally because um, they, they brought, uh, it was also uh, the, the Olympic, the hockey champions and uh, Eric Haydn. And I mean, just there, there, were, there were just so many exciting moments. Um, from the winter olympics hmm. so it, it i've been a, a long time fan i was there for the bounce pass play against mm -hmm. illinois and uh, i was glad to see that included in the highlight reel before the games because that was of course we ended up losing the game on a long field goal by illinois which was very frustrating but i digress was that <laughs> was that was altoon involved with that bounce pass? yes okay that's what uh, i thought altoon and um uh, uh jeff uh McNaught, uh McNaught, what was his name? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, okay. Someone will correct me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get you off to a volleyball match for sure. Um, yeah. Because they're they're just, you know, they just, it seems like they're in this kind of sweet spot in the program where they mm -hmm. just are just, everything's running smooth and you they're mm -hmm. just trying to make sure they, you know, fit the right pieces in and just keep that thing going at a very high level for several years. And that's what Wisconsin football is trying to get to as well, is to kind of yeah. get the fires burning. You just crank out season, get better and better and keep replacing. And the transfer portal has opened up so many options for all these programs. But how excited are you for the the Luke Fickle era? Because I'll tell you what, like you start, he, he comes in and all of a sudden you see like, all these names popping up of guys coming to Wisconsin and they're bringing in quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it seems like it's a little different as a Badger fan. Cause you're like, okay, well, we'll see how these quarterbacks are going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I can't wait to see it. First off a uh, tip of the hat to both Paul and Jimmy for being stand up guys and, and really achieving a lot with the program. And, and, you know, it's, it's hard when that happens, that happens in our business too, where, um, I was fortunate to leave under my own terms, but you don't always get to do that in coaching or as a news anchor or whatever the case may be. So, you know, and of course they'll land on their feet. They already have. And, uh, but, but, uh, Fick, I, I'm really excited to see, there's been so much off season publicity about all the changes, his enthusiasm, his, um, the, the videos he's done, you know, I just think he's, it's very engaged. And, um, I want to see if, uh, like all the fans, I can't wait to see if all these changes and all these recruits we're getting are uh, a, not just, you know, hype from a, a publicity standpoint, but actually going to turn things around and uh, not, you know, and I think they will. I mean, I, I just think he's uh, he's a phenomenal coach and with Longo there. And um, I, I just think they're going to they're going to do great. Um, it's it's. Uh, it's exciting and it's not that far away. I mean, we're a little, a month and a half or uh, just about two months away. And um, I, I think it's funny how just to digress momentarily about, 
you know, when I was a kid and when I was in school, uh, Dave McLean turned things around at that time, an eight and three season or a seven and four season was miraculous because, you know, we were pretty bad for a while. And, and then when Barry came in and things really picked up and that's why I still kind of chuckle sometimes when we have a seven or eight win season or a nine win season and people are, Oh, yeah. they should have done better. Cause it used to be pretty bad. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> and we've true. Come a long way. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And looking to get back to even, even better now with Luke uh, Fickle at the helm. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you speak to a lot of like throughout your time in Madison and broadcaster since 83? Um, did you speak to a lot of sports stars? Cause I know you interviewed president Obama might be one yeah. of the biggest, I would guess. I don't, you tell me movie stars, uh, how many sports mm -hmm. uh, stars or local sports uh, coaches or athletes did you interview too? Well, we, uh, of course, I covered um, the, the Badgers in the final four. Uh, I, okay. I, I went to, um, I never went to a Rose Bowl. The sports guys did oh, all that. Yeah. But um, I, you know, when I was in Seattle, uh, when the Supersonics were there, uh, we, we covered a lot of, a, a lot of the team there. And then I covered the Olympic basketball team, went down to Puerto Rico when the U.S. Team USA was I think playing Puerto Rico and some, or it was an, a, a Caribbean competition or something. Um, and, you know, of course I've gotten to interview coaches like Barry or, you know, Mike Leckrone, who is, you know, mm -hmm. basically part of the football <laughs> program in many ways. Uh, um, athlete wise, you know, it's funny. I talk about president Obama. The first thing <clears throat> we talked about was Wisconsin. Cause it was a week after, um, they lost to Duke in that championship and uh, had beaten the undefeated Kentucky. Yeah. And he was a big fan of, of Frank Kaminsky. And uh, so we had fun talking about that. And then we had to talk about tax reform, which isn't quite as, <laughs> quite as interesting. <laughs> so oh, that's um, I'm, I'm sure as soon as we're, we're done here, done here, you know, I, I've always, I, co I go back to Mark Johnson who I've had a chance to talk to and, it's so funny because the guy is a legend in, in, you know, the hockey world and, um, and he's just so humble. Um, you know, if you ask him about the miracle game, it's just, just like his dad, they were just kind of, uh, stand up guys that, you know, like with Mark, it's about his team. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, so yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's been a, it's been a joy. The, the um, the President Obama thing. I'm not sure how much time we have, but real yeah. real funny. It was I came off the set, mm -hmm. and uh, the, uh, an intern had answered the phone after the six, and they said the White House is on the phone, and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, and the Queen of England's in the parking lot. You know, uh, I figured it was a prank caller or something, but it was the White House, and they said it was Thursday night, and they said, Can you be here? The President wants you to come interview him on Monday morning. I'm like, What? <laughs> well. And it was, I think what it was, I never, <clears throat> it was never really explained to me why I was invited, but um, I believe it's because uh, Speaker Ryan, Paul Ryan, was in our district here in our uh, viewing area. I was one of the older, more experienced anchors in the market at the time, and they probably wanted, they wanted Wisconsin, Ohio, these critical states. And so they asked me, and that, that was really cool. We went in and you're waiting to interview a president, which would be nerve wracking. And I, I had had the 
the privilege of interviewing a lot of celebrities prior to that. So I was kind of used to walking in a room and seeing Julia Roberts sitting there at the first few times it happens. It's like, Holy crap. That's Julia Roberts. You know? Right. Yeah. But they told, they told us you're going to get, well, some people were really nervous you're going to get in there and he's just like president Obama's like just a guy from Chicago who's down to earth. And he, he was very welcoming. And um, as I said, the first thing you want to talk about was Frank the tank and the Badger <laughs> basketball team. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Um, I, I want to go a little bit more to the the overall business of TV news. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get your yeah. opinions kind of on how it has changed from now when you're retired in 2023 to maybe mm-hmm. even from 83 and, and, and in between. What have you noticed is the biggest changes in the TV business? Well, the biggest thing is in the eighties, when I started, it was the only game in town and you sure. know, we didn't have a, we didn't have a phone with a news feed on it that we could look at ourselves. There were two newscasts. Most stations only had two, six and 10. There were no morning, local morning shows. Um, I think channel three at that time had a five o'clock news and a noon show, but most stations had a six and 10. And if you, as a news consumer wanted to know what was going on, you had to stay up for the 10 o'clock news uh, or wait for the paper in the morning or the afternoon because there were you know two sometimes three papers depending on the city mm-hmm. uh, or radio news uh, now um, I mean I look I just use NBC 15 as an example the, the, it starts at 4 30 in the morning 4 30 to 7 11 to noon newscast 4 p.m newscast 5 p.m newscast 6 9 10. And the web, that's the big thing is, you know, digital is now the first and foremost thing because we're all on that platform and it's, you know, digital first, you want to get stuff out there. Um, So it's changed tremendously where you used to have to wait for things to now it can be right in your fingertips, which can be great. But the danger in it is that uh, people, journalists always have to remember it's better to be right than first. Mm -hmm. And if you can do both, that's the ultimate. If you're first and you got it and it's got to be accurate and then then you're uh, then you're cooking with gas. Uh, it's it's changed so much in also the way we gather news, the fact I could take this phone right now and with a switch back at NBC 15 if I were still working there it would be weird now. Uh, they could put me on the air uh, you know through this phone from anywhere that there's a signal and it'd be live and it looks like a camera, you know like a the yeah. old camera three person two or three person camera crew technologies advanced the and of course because of social media the um the stakes are i think even higher because everybody every news consumer can participate on these platforms too uh, it used to be if you didn't like something someone was saying you wrote a snail mail and mailed it in and mm-hmm. then the station decided whether well now you can go on a social media platform and say whatever you want, you know, uh, it might get eventually blocked or dumped, which is good for free speech, but can be, you know, nasty at times. So that's changed. Yeah. That's, these are all like, I remember growing up and that's what it was. It was six and 10 and that's right. uh, actually, I think there was a noon too in Mankato, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It's the station KEYC sure. TV 12. I would watch. Um, it's the only station we got, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I remember that. And now, interesting, all the way to the internet. And you talked about, you know, 
being right, not being first. And mm-hmm. that's that's a whole interesting concept in itself because you'll see something reported online and sometimes it's not 100% accurate. Yeah. And then, yeah. But then it's like you're allowed to just like change it as it goes along, obviously reporting new facts. I get that. But the part of the problem is like, sometimes people don't see those new facts and they're like, you're lying. That isn't what happened. And you're like, well, no, actually we updated the story. And then this, everybody checks in at different times. And then Mm -hmm. people say, and then it just gets really squirrely. And you're like, were they lying? Are they, is this false information or what did they up? Right. Right. It's crazy, man. I don't even, honestly, John, real quick. Like when I see something, now you got me going. When I see something online, and it's a story. It it's overwhelming sometimes as a consumer because, and I'm not saying anything with NBC 15 because you know the majority of the stuff you guys you nail. I'm just saying like I feel like I get a part time job sometimes. I'm I'm forced to get a part time job to be like this is the story. Now I have to go online and research every aspect of it yeah. and what's kind of like mm-hmm. true and what's an opinion and how accurate. And I'm just, it's exhausting. Cause it's like, I didn't sign up for a part-time job to figure out what's true and what's not true. Yeah. I think what's happened is that with the rise of cable networks, there are clearly partisan, you know, um, left or right, uh, uh, networks that, um, sometimes it's in the stories they choose to cover. And then other times it's in the way they choose to cover them. Mm. Sometimes editorial, uh, uh, an editorial decision is made by omission, like not having, yeah, but this person says this. Uh, uh-huh. And, you know, I think we have to be careful that we don't get to telling people what, what we think we want them to hear or what they should hear uh, than to just give them, here's what's happening. The other thing that's hard and uh, for, for news consumers, and I understand this, is the, the social media apps, you know, it's like a news scanner feed. You know, every county has one, Rock County, whatever. Where someone listens to scanner and puts stuff up. Oh, sure. We don't put scanner traffic up until things are verified. And a lot of times we know, let's say a, a crash was fatal. We know it, but until we get it confirmed, we don't report it. And then people are like, why aren't you saying that three people died? I know three people died. It's like, yeah, but the authorities haven't said that. You right. can't take that back. So it's, again, better to be right than first. So people see these things or they're on next door or whatever, and they go, well, it's right there on the, how come you're not saying it? It's on the next door or the the, the podcast guy or the um, the guy with the blog down down the road says it's true and you're not reporting it you're lying to me it's like well no sometimes we are working to get second source confirmation so it it is tough um i think things also look like fact and in the world of ai it's oh really tough i you, somebody could take what i'm saying right now and turn it into an ad for trump or biden you know and i haven't said anything about either of either of them but you could Pace words to get piece words together. It it it's scary. Yeah. You know? And now that you um, just said the words Trump and Biden, they've got yeah. the they got the audio. They got you the need. two they needed. They, he yeah. did it. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. It it is it's a different world. It's also um I think in order to to to, to appeal to their hardcore viewer audiences, and, and this is, you know, whether it's a a, a left or a right wing on cable, um, you know, again, it's, there's, there's, they know what people are going to want to watch and listen to. Um, and sometimes the benign sort of middle of the road stuff, uh, 
you know, people will say, well, I don't want to watch. I want to, you know, I want my own beliefs reaffirmed, you know? And so they, they pick a channel that, mm-hmm. that says, well, their, their guy or, or their, their man or woman is right. You know? And, and you talk about like, you know, I heard it on the scanner. I could, why aren't you guys reporting this yet? And that's, mm-hmm. that goes back to just what it's created. It's created. Everybody wants their news in seconds, in minutes. They don't yep. want to wait. Yep. Like you talked about when you started in TV broadcast, you'd get the news at six and 10, and then you didn't have any more information until the next day. And even that information was a little dated. And there was plenty of time to gather it. And uh, the, I think of just like when I started in the business, I started at WKOW, but across the street at what was my station, NBC 15 then, uh, at that time in the eighties, there were, you know, Rick Featherston was doing the six and doing, and then Dave Crawley was doing the 10, but in the meantime, he was at city hall and they, spend the day working sources and all that. Well, now you've got these newscasts and digital to feed. There's not as much time to do that. And a lot of the times it's called an MMJ, a multimedia journalist. It's, it's a, we used to call it a one man band and I'd say one person band where they're shooting it, they're writing it, editing it. Yeah. It's amazing what they can do, but it, it's a lot, you know, uh, and then to still have the time to, Make sure you spend enough time actually reporting uh, and get it all done in time when there's so many mouths to feed uh, and various um, t- day parts. It's 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 a lot. So, um, yeah, it's uh, and the, the 24-hour you know cable channels also change things. That was starting about the time I left J school. I remember my professor saying Ted Turner starting starting a Professor Hoyt said Ted Turner is starting a 24-hour news channel i said well that's never gonna work (laughs) (laughs) called cnn yeah i'm like who wants to watch that for 24 hours well there we go apparently a lot of people um yeah you know the one thing too wrapping up the social media aspect too um there's some bad things with it but at the same time like everyone i guess as a news gathering um source like every you can reach out to the people and now more than ever they can you know, accumulate the, mm-hmm. the photos mm-hmm. or the videos or yes. whatever. So like everybody has their own little reporter's camera and it, in some way it must be beneficial to be able to, to, you know, to reach out to people and say, may we use this? Cause it helps tells the story. It does. It, uh, it is, we've got all these extra eyes and ears out there yeah. and it's important that that all be vetted of course. And, you know, um, every once in a while you'll see incredible tornado things show up and, it'll, sure. you know, and if you, you do the reverse Google search on it or whatever. It was shot 10 years ago in Kansas or something, <laughs> not in Fenimore. Yeah. But um, so, so you yeah. have to be careful about that. But but it is, um, yeah. And the I would say the the positives of social media, I mean, I, I built such a relationship with viewers. I tried to answer everybody who wrote into me as long as they weren't, you know, nasty. Mm. Uh, and And that just built up when people feel like they can, talk to the person they're watching on tv and they learn about you know when my mom my, my mom was dying or whatever and i would share just my visits to her and things like that that's what you know makes you seem more of a person which we are um mm-hmm. and that's what i tell my colleagues too if you can show that side of yourself uh people people do love it you know they it's so they can interact with you there now it can get a little overwhelming at times um on the weekends when you know people are reaching out and um you know you're 
you're trying to have that work life balance. Uh, but most of the time, you know, it's, it's not that hard to just get, get back to people and, and then they feel valued like, Oh, the news guy answered my question. Right. Yeah. That's probably easier now with, with, uh, email. Well, it probably got easier with email, right. As opposed oh, God, to people yes. would write you, would people write you letters? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes some of the older viewers still will. And then, okay. you know, you're, you're, you're trying to find a, a way now. I mean, now, you know, back in the day, it was the, the typewriter and yeah. fixing all the mistakes and all that. And, uh, now it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's easier when people email or, or just on messenger. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I still think social media has a lot of advantages, uh, positives. For example, you know, I look at GoFundMe or things like that, where in the legitimate cases of need, you know, and people are good people. So many people are good hearted and they see someone in need and they can reach out and help easily that way. It's, you got to check those things out, make sure they're legit, just like anything. Um, but uh, it's a great, you know, there are a lot of positives there and allowing us to just be more one-on-one -on -one with viewers. Mm -hmm. All right. Are you ready for random question time? Because I either do random question sure. time now or start talking about AI in the future and news and we could get two-hour <laughs> podcasts and we we'll started sure. on sure. all the fake stuff we're going to have to deal with with that. Um, okay. All right. Random question time. When yeah. did you know you wanted to be a broadcaster? Watching Johnny Carson in middle school. Oh, wow. I would okay. say I used to, yeah, I'd watch Johnny Carson and uh, I thought, wouldn't that be great to to grow up and uh, interview people, Ed? And, uh, you know, and just who, grow up and interview interesting people who are just different, uh, unique uh, news by definition or people events mm -hmm. that are exceptions to the norm. So realizing that I was never going to be Johnny Carson, um, cause there's only a couple of those jobs. Um, right. TV news was the next best thing. Oh, okay. TV. All right. Um, I want to ask you about the glasses. You never always wore glasses, but, uh, you have recently right. now people love to comment right or wrong on, on, yeah. I yeah. feel like on news anchors appearances all the time. And they have like, oh, no yeah. mm -hmm. they're like, I hate your shirt or that dress is awful. They're like, who are you? Mm -hmm. When did the when did the glasses change happen? Because it's fairly recent, if I'm not mistaken. Uh -huh. And and have has have you gotten comments on your glasses, both negative and positive? Mostly positive. Some one guy, <laughs> one guy came up to me in public and said, "You look like a damn owl." <laughs> and I said, "Well, thank you." He said, "That's not a compliment." Stormed <laughs> off, and I thought, "Oh, okay." But most people. Most people really like, I think those are my other glasses or even more like owl eyes, but okay. um, a lot of people have asked me where I, where I got them. I got them at Iopia on Monroe street. And they're, these are, I think like a French glasses or something. And um, yes, people love, I, I was really lucky to have, um, so my wife, Anna has sort of restylized me. I, I used to be like a baggy suit guy and oh, okay. she's like, Oh no, you've, you know, you got to get a, a custom suit and all this. So um, I went to a guy, Mitch, at Fine Line, who, who like, they make these suits. And, um, in a, you know, it costs more, but I'm like, I'm on TV. I should look the best mm -hmm. I can. So most people, most people will like them. Uh, and every once in a while, someone will say, I saw a post the other day where someone said, Sometimes it looks like he buys his ties at the thrift store, but um, others are really fantastic. And I'm like, it's, it is funny because fashion is, 
fashion is, you know, one of those things that's in the eye of the beholder. Sure. Sure. Um, and the glasses, um, honestly, I have really good eyesight, but it has helped. Uh, it did clarify things a little bit. And then I didn't have to wear the reading glasses all the time because I have the little bifocals here. So sure. I've never wore contacts in my life. Mm. I, um, I didn't start wearing glasses till about five, six years ago. Okay. All right. Um, have you ever gotten the giggles on the air where you just, maybe somebody said something and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to keep it together. <laughs> two, two things come to mind in 83, I believe <laughs> I used to do morning, morning cut-ins and Bob Linmeyer was the weather guy for those. Okay. And I, right before they cued him coming out of the commercial, for some reason, I just went, Bob, 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 like that. And they, they said Q and they, and he just, just started laughing like, <laughs> like this, like for he couldn't talk. And he said, Don, John told a really bad joke before he went on air. And, um, and <laughs> I, I kind of started laughing during that. And then Lee Mills, my, the, who I, I've co-anchored with the longest <laughs> and I have had some, some funny moments. Um, one, one time she was talking and the story was about a nutmeg. Okay. recall of the spice nutmeg and she said nutbag <laughs> and so she said a nutbag recall and so we started laughing just because it was just it's funny and um, yeah um oh, you know and then there are times when you uh those are two of them that come come to uh come to mind um and i never had the hiccups somehow on air i don't know have you no, never. And yeah. I've never even thought about it until this moment. Mm -hmm. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> okay, great. But I do have a cure for hiccups. I saw it from a, a podcaster. You inhale, uh -huh. you inhale again, and you do it again, and you hold that for 15 to 20 seconds, maybe 30, and then you slowly let it out. And then the hiccups. Oh, it works twice for my daughter. So I don't know. Oh, okay. All maybe. right. Yeah. So I, I'll remember that because now I feel like I've jinxed myself. Um, yeah. a few more questions. What will you miss the most? What will you miss the least about, uh, your profession? I will miss the most, uh, the, the team that I worked with. Just, we just had such a blast of Dukes and Jocko and Lee and Maria and everybody. Uh, we just really good friends. Um, and the news, you know, it's the excitement of, um, of being on the front page of history as it unfolds. Good Lord, especially the last few years between elections and the pandemic and street riots and uh, racial justice protests and everything. It's just been, um, it, you know, you're part of history. Uh, and uh, so I'll miss that. What I, what I won't miss, and I actually have been tapered off to 10 o'clock for about six weeks before I retired, is the hours and the, the feeling of back timing when you work second shift. You know that I've got to be in at one thirty, so I got to be in the shower by twelve thirty, and I got to, you know, your your whole life is back time. And then when you're sixty two, working in a profession where you have to look awake at you know ten thirty at night is is something I won't miss. Um, yeah, that's a good point. But um, but really, no more many more positives than the negatives. Um, and I, I feel lucky that I. Uh, what I did for a living was um, challenging at times, but not nearly as hard or not nearly as important as what so many other people do. 
whether they be teachers or paramedics or mm-hmm. firefighters, police officers, whatever, military. Um, three more things for you on our to-do mm-hmm. list as a family this summer, we made a list of things we wanted to do in the summer. I put kayaking at sunset. Now you're a big kayak. Ah, like yes. I've never kayaked at sunset. Is there a great time to kayak? Is that a good time? Uh, and have you done that? I, I have, I've done it after sunset. You have to keep in mind, uh, safety of, and the okay. law, you do have to have one white light on a kayak or canoe. I have a suction cup light. You can get them at places like REI or Rutabaga, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And just, um, it, so you have to have a light and then probably a headlamp. And remember that, you know, you're, you, you want to stay closer to shore uh, when it's dark, it's just so boats can see you. It's spectacular. It's really cool to go out there at sunset. Uh, the law is at, from sunset until sunrise, you have to have a light. Um, okay. And uh, so that's something to keep in mind. But it, if you can do it safely, it is, it's spectacular after sunset too. You the fish, you hear fish jumping. You want to bring bug spray, but uh, it's 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 pretty cool. It's very serene, um, and I, especially if someone is has some experience doing it, I wouldn't want a newbie out there at night. Um, okay. But it's it's fun, yeah. And this is a great great kayaking area. Yeah, um, so many options. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. That That's uh, on our to-do list. You mentioned something uh, on your final newscast too, in the six o'clock. Um, you, you, you thanked your parents uh, and you told a story mm-hmm. about how they drive out to the countryside to listen to the radio because mm-hmm. you, you were on the radio at, at the yeah. beginning. Is that I, correct? Yeah. Um, when I was junior, senior year in college, I worked at WIBA uh, AM and yeah. did we- weekend and weekend evening newscasts. Yeah. And I thought that was so cool because I know my parents, they're four and a half hours away, but my dad has like this really powerful radio and at night AM signals uh-huh. can reach pretty far. And so they've tuned in to try to listen to broadcast. And it reminded me of, of some things my parents have done too, but I thought that was a, yeah. was a really cool story. My parents were just wonderfully supportive. Um, and, you know, you could tell they were very proud uh, along the way. And uh, it just, it just really, um, you know, warmed my heart. And, I remember they, you know, back then, and the young people in the newsroom said, "Oh, that's right, there was no streaming." So yeah, I said, "Yeah, you had to be, yeah. <laughs> you had to be within the, the the range of the signal." And so they lived in the Fox Valley, and I think they said they drove down to the Ripon area, and they could pick it up a couple of different weekends. Um, and uh, you know, back then it was maybe you you were able to put a cassette tape in and yeah. mail it up to them; they could listen that way. But they wanted to hear it live. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, just like anything, um, whether you're a, you play volleyball for UW or football or whatever, and your parents are in the stands, you know, it means the world to a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then just finally, uh, I just, uh, Mark McPherson is taking your spot on NBC yes. 16. Uh, I don't know how much more contact you'll have with anybody at the whatever, but uh, he and I went to college together. So next time you see him, ask him about the Jams show. Or it's a radio Jams. show. Jams, okay. John and <laughs> Mark show. Uh, we did a radio show and it was all hip-hop. Oh, Jams. Jams. Oh, yeah, wow. So well, yeah. I'll have to ask him to do some rap next time I see him. <laughs> and, and hip-hop. I, I, uh, Mark, is, Mark is great. He's got a good sense of humor and 
he stepped right in and um you know it's not it's not always easy to to take over for somebody who's been somewhere for a long time so um you know but but he's he's fantastic he has connections to the midwest um as you know winona state uh mm -hmm. and he worked in milwaukee worked in wausau and i think it was eau claire was it or lacrosse one or the other and um so I felt so good knowing that um, the, the, the male equation of the evening anchor team that Mark was taking over, he was a great, great hire. So the jams show. Okay, yes. I got it. Yes. I got it. I, well, well, maybe he'll do some hip hop on the air. Yeah, that would be, well, I don't know <laughs> if we want that or not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to help ratings. Um, but well, John, thank you so much uh, for joining the podcast today. We're going to get you out to a volleyball match at the University of Wisconsin. I would love that. Yeah, and um, no, when I saw when I saw your final show, I was just like, oh my gosh, he's done so many amazing things throughout his career—the seven continents, the thirty countries, the bear wrestling, all of it. I was like, I need to talk to John Stofflet. Well, in the podcast. I'm so glad you reached out, John. This was this was a lot of fun, and uh, um, I, I feel very fortunate. I've had I've had a fantastic career, and just a big I, I thank you to all of the the listeners and viewers out there who have sent me well wishes. It's much appreciated. Okay. Well, thank you so much once again for taking the time. And um, yeah, best of luck in your retirement and all the fun things you'll be doing, you know, post-broadcasting. Thanks. We'll see you at a Badger game. I can't. There, there we it go. Is. There it is. On Wisconsin. Yeah. All right, all right. John. Thanks, thank John. You. All right. There you go. That is John Stofflet retired news anchor from NBC 15. Once again, thanks to John. We'll get him off to a volleyball match. Thanks to uh, everyone who voted for the uh, JohnCast podcast is the best of Madison. I don't know what happens next. We'll just, we're going to see what happens next and then I'll let you know and maybe we'll have a pizza party like we're in elementary school or something like that. That's always fun. Um, you can always check out JohnCastPodcast.com. Listen to past uh, podcast episodes. If you have a suggestion of anyone you'd like to hear on this podcast, just send them my way on Twitter at John Adius Radio or just Get in contact with me through johncastpodcast.com. Once again, thanks to John Stofflet. Thanks to you for listening to this edition of the podcast. See ya.